This show is brought to you by Whatever You Say Productions, starting conversations since 2018. Hey, everybody. Welcome. And welcome back to a new exciting episode of Microscope. We have a special treat for you today. A little bit of a shakeup from our usual just Mike and Kevin shit show. We have a very special guest with us today. I want to welcome Michael from Grub Terra. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me tonight. Absolutely. So we'll we'll jump right into it here, Michael. Uh, again, thanks so much for coming. Uh, your company is super cutting edge, super cool. I read everything on the website. I just want to dig right in here. Uh, but to start the folks off, uh, why don't you kind of introduce yourself? Could you tell us a little bit about your background and kind of what about your background uh, brought you to the place where you're at looking into solutions for sustainable agriculture and the uh, creating the chicken and reptile feed that you make at Grubterra. Yeah, so um, to start, um, I don't have any background in growing bugs besides for Grubterra. I don't have any background in agriculture besides for Grubterra. I'm actually a senior at Suffolk University in Boston, so I'm still an undergrad. Um, during my time during undergrad, I discovered these black soldier fly larvae and realized, wow, these guys could be one, a really great business opportunity. And two, I could really change one act like the feed industry as a whole and also waste management. Cause I was very, I'm very conscientious of the environment. I was a boy scout for all of my younger years, love hiking, love the environment, love nature. So happy to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, you're, you're in good company here. (laughs) So, I love all, I'm all about the environment, all about sustainability. And I, my whole goal going into college was I want to start a business um, and I want to start a business that's sustainable. And it has to be sustainable at the roots. Like the practices that we are doing is like all sustainability. And so one of my classes was, hey, come up with a business um, for this class and see what you come up with. I started looking at I think it was crickets for cows. Like I thought I of very large industries crickets that crickets for cows. I like that. <laughs> I thought I thought of some like really large industries that I might be able to enter. So I knew insects were one easy to grow. And two, I knew livestock industry was huge. And I knew that the like the practices that they're currently doing for raising or like growing corn, soy, and other agricultural products just isn't sustainable with the amount of people. I start doing more research into it and more research and find data that proves my hypothesis conclusive. And I'm like, okay, this might be something real here. I might have a real business opportunity here. And this isn't my first business. I've run a toy wholesale company in the past, a sock company, um, a toy wholesale company for, and on Amazon as well, which is a whole different story. Um, And then, so I just start experimenting with it and uh, I'm in, my apartment in Boston in Mission Hill and I go up to my roommates. I'm like, Hey guys, like, would it be all right if I use the basement for a little bit to test some, like (laughs) test something out? (laughs) And they're like, great for a roommate to hear. (laughs) And they're like, and they're like, um, yeah, sure, man, if you want to. And like, I'm still, I'm really good friends with my, my old roommates. Um, since COVID I moved out. Um, so I start testing out growing black soldier fly larva and it's kind of been, 
um, hit, like I started testing it out and then I was put into Suffolk has a really good entrepreneurship program. Maybe I can't really say really good. It's pretty good. There's some really good professors. Let's just say that program's okay. Really if great. If it's helping you, it's doing a good job. It's doing yeah, what it exactly. Needs. So, um, I get put into this crowdfunding class at Suffolk where basically the class is focused on two students' businesses where we're going to crowdfund money for it. And um, over the course of six months, it was a real grind to raise this first $10,000. We raised $10,000 in our crowdfunding campaign, and then uh, it's just by, kind of been running it since then. And that was about a year. That was a year ago now. Since the Did I hear campaign. that right? Your college class raised $10,000? Yeah. <laughs> what is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing at our university works that well whatsoever. No, at all. <laughs> they can't even raise money for themselves. Man, that's amazing. Wow, that's crazy, man. Um, going back a little bit to when you were looking at to what kind of industries you want to enter, wanted to enter into, um, could you tell the folks a little bit about kind of what's the status quo in growing or um, creating animal feed and why isn't it particularly sustainable? And what is it exactly that Grubterra brings to the table in terms of coming to some solutions to that? Yeah, so the real thing here is we're looking at protein output. So Insects are extremely high in protein. I, I think that's kind of, it might be common knowledge, it might not be, but insects are very high in protein. And essentially we're using up 80% of our farmable land currently. Um, and by the time, like just big statistics show that by the time we hit 2050, we're going to have, what is it, 10 billion people on the planet and we won't be able to feed them essentially. And that's kind of where I, I figured it out. I was like, okay, if we have all these people, we won't be able to feed them. How are we going to feed the agriculture that feeds these people uh, or feed the um, livestock that feeds these people? And my first thought was, all right, well, corn and soy can't be used. Um, and besides for that, there's also a bunch of environmental pr like practices that aren't sustainable. And um, most farming, I mean, there's so much water usage, so much there's so much energy goes into producing livestock just in, in general. So that's kind of where I was looking at it from. And also... I'm not necessarily a scientist. I would classify myself more as like a business person um, that loves sustainability. And now I've kind of become a farmer or kind of become slash scientist slash farmer. So um, that's kind of my angle upon it, if that makes sense on where I'm going here. No, that makes, honestly, it's sort of a breath of fresh air hearing sort of your story behind how you got here, because I think a running theme in Kevin and I's podcasts or past couple episodes, not the astrobiology ones, but we just wish more companies and more of these, you know, CEOs would have the same mindset that you have of like, our business needs to start from a sustainable like roots before it can grow anywhere. And like listening to you say that that was your, you know, base, I'm, I'm sitting here like smiling in my pajamas, like, yes, oh my God, the future <laughs> is not going to be that bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like, I, I think it's, to, I think it's totally possible for, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity in the future for sustainability. Cause I think it's going to become a massive problem. Like we're going to have a lot of issues around it and where there's problems, there's always money to be made. And when there's always money to be made, 
people always look for solutions essentially. So exactly. that's kind of my thought process on it. And um, there are other companies that are doing this right now, raising black soldier fly larvae, but it's pretty few. There's a handful of companies in the United States, a handful mm-hmm. of companies are worldwide. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of my main goals. Sustainability is the main, main focus here. Yeah, I, that, as I said, it's just putting a smile on my face. <laughs> I did want to like delve a little bit more in because you've, you're focused on the black soldier larvae. Were there any other insects that you also looked into or why is the black soldier larvae where you're focusing and not beetles or cockroaches or crickets? Yeah, that's a really good question. I get this question asked to me all the time. Like, why didn't you go with mealworms or why didn't you go with crickets or something that's like already established? And the main reason is going back to that sustainability aspect is these black soldier fly larvae for every, obviously there's variations like 10 pounds to 20 pounds, but I say 20 pounds of food waste can, is fed to these larvae to produce one pound of dried larva, which equates to two pounds of live larva. Um, so every pound of dried larva that's being sold is 20 pounds of food waste that's just being diverted from landfills, um, which is um, like, I mean, we're on a small scale right now, but imagine that on the ton basis, we're pumping out tons of grubs per week that's a lot of food waste that can be ultimately taken out of landfills. And for everyone that doesn't know, um, food waste that enters landfills, I think it's about 8% of our total greenhouse gas emission from decomposing food. And food sometimes takes a lot of time to decompose in landfills, like a head of lettuce. Um, I'll ask you guys this question. How long do you think, I think it's a head of lettuce or a head of cabbage. Um, either way, head of lettuce or head of cabbage, how long do you think it takes to decompose in a landfill? I'll let Kevin go uh, first because, like, I actually yeah, I think we both have pretty interesting guesses on this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my guess, not having that background, would be one to two years. I would say, probably. That's a good Might guess. My way off. I, I was gonna say five for complete decomposition. That's a really good guess. Most people guess like a couple weeks, couple months. I, I believe it's 25 years. No, for, I mean, you're, you have heads of lettuce in your fridge. 25 years for lettuce? 25 years for a head of lettuce? I, I'm, it's crazy. <laughs> I, that's, I, that's, that's, okay. wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, do a quick Google. Do a quick Google search. So, okay, maybe maybe that's true. I think that might change a little. Yeah, no, yeah it definitely Arizona, varies. Like, where yeah, our you see your lettuce go bad in for like a few weeks. Yeah. yeah, it definitely varies, but that's like the statistic I got from somewhere. And I always use it as like a fun fact, but um, it just takes forever for this stuff to decompose because it's piled in with a bunch of other garbage. Like it's that's piled true. in that's with true. your, all and your probably junk. a lot of those other compounds in the garbage inhibits the microbes that are breaking down. That's exactly that, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I believe you. I'll believe the <laughs> But. <laughs> Yeah, so I that, guess I was thinking in the mind, like, laboratory conditions, perfect everything. <laughs> like, I forget, real life isn't like that at all. Like, it's so different. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, do you know, to get to get back to your work, what is that conversion rate for, like, crickets or mealworms, you said? I guess that's a big one. That's the thing. They don't eat food waste. I mean, mealworms will eat a certain type, but, like, these animals are raised off a certain type of feed. So for my black soldier fly larva, I could go dump them 
I just dumped them like, I don't know, 10 pounds of apples like an hour ago. And then this morning I dumped them 20 pounds of bagels. Like they eat so much food really quickly. And that's the thing. They eat very quickly. Um, so I looked into crickets. I looked into mealworms and I was doing the research and I was like, all right, then I have to add this extra variable in. Then my business side took over and I was like, all right, I have to add this extra variable in for costs. I'm like, me doing this alone as a small but on a very small budget, um, not going to work out. And I like these industries are already established. And then I discover the black soldier fly larva, which it's no one really knows how to really raise them. There's a few people that do. I mean, there's a couple DIY YouTube videos. Um, I find this guy who's like an expert on it. It's been researching them for years, get an interview with him, realize that, oh, okay, these are the insects I want to work with. And then I also did a lot of Amazon selling when I was younger. I ran a whole entire Amazon business and that's kind of where I was like, all right, I'll sell my product on Amazon and that's where I'll start making money to grow this operation to be big and I can start taking in tons of food waste. Um, and so I look on Amazon, I'm like, oh, this is an untapped market on Amazon. I can totally go in here and start dominating, even though I haven't sold on Amazon for three years. I mean, I started selling on Amazon again, obviously, but um, at that time, it's, it was been like three years since I really looked into it or start was selling on there. But that's kind of how I decided on black soldier fly larvas. One, food waste, um, food waste conversion rate. And two, basically no cost to feed and the potential for me to get paid to feed them. Um, and three, it's kind of an untapped market. Speaking of, it's just you right now. You're the only employee in your business from what I understand? Um, that's how it was until about couple like two or three months ago I got my first intern James I really got to post him on my Instagram on Grub Terra's Instagram but he's been really great um and he's been working for me a little break during the semester since he's still in college as well and then over this winter break I just got two more interns um because two people contact I did a presentation at Indiana University um at their business school and uh Two people contact me and they're like, hey, we don't have winter internships. Um, could we intern for you? And I was like, unpaid? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, let's do it. So now I've got three people working with me. No one on the payroll besides for myself yet. Uh, but that's coming very, very soon um, with the amount of scale that we're getting in this past couple of months or past like month and a half. I was just talking about it. it. sounds like there's a lot of bang for your buck in terms of manpower hours uh, with how much food these guys eat to get to that scale where you're processing tons of food waste. Um, how do you think you're going to see your company grow in the next like 10 years or so in terms of manpower? If it's really just these larvae, like doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. The next 10 years, I mean, 10 years is kind of a, such a long time frame because Literally, it changes so fast over the course of a month. Like things grow so quickly, things change so fast. But um, to get to that scale, it's going to take one a lot of time, a lot of capital. But really, it's going to take a lot of engineering power. Like there's a lot of nuances to raising these larvae on a larger scale that I just can't do right now on this small level. Like I don't know what it takes to produce at that ton, like ton per week scale right now um and that's kind of where a lot of the business will have to be focused is on research and development of that but i don't want to like limit myself to just selling black soldier fly larva i also want to work into like because we use a lot of packaging for our grubs i want to work into sustainable pa like 
figure like hire a company to do sustainable packaging for us, figure out a way to basically make our car like carbon footprint like as low as it can be, as low as possible. So like right now I'm ordering my packaging um uh, from a company from Alibaba, which is isn't ideal because it's all like basically plastic. And I want to get rid of that. And I know our live grubs are shipped in like little deli cup containers. And I'm positive that there's a ways to get rid of that. So for the next like year and a half, two years, it's really um, so I'm not in my basement anymore for growing the bugs. I kind of moved into like my garage, which is like now turned into a massive warehouse with boxes everywhere and shipping supplies and stuff. Um, but so essentially it'd be moving into a farm within the next six to eight months. Um, cause I gotta be caught farm classified all this like legal mumbo jumbo, but, um, classifying as a farm, scaling up the operation from there and then just finding my own property to develop an actual facility on. I think Kevin and I are both amazed. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, I'm pretty floored right now. Yeah, because you know the thing is like where Kevin and I work, we we don't think about all the this extra red tape that needs to go into it. And you're dealing with that red tape, tape now. And it, it's, yeah. I mean, all the support possible you should be given and there's well so here's a question do you think that there is anything the government could do to like lift regulations for you or do you think like the way things are now they should be in a way like i guess what's your opinion on honestly this is like this this like topic makes me so like not angry, but like frustrated because I spend so oh like God, a lot of my fired up. Yeah. I, I spend so much time on this <laughs> track. Yeah, let it and, all out. That's what it's like. They're they're not so in New Jersey specifically, right? They have no classification for what I'm doing. They have literally none. They're like, you're either a composting facility, which is I can't make it as a composting facility because it's just so expensive. Like you have to pay ten thousand dollar fees every year. Like these fee, like the application fees, all these fees they rack up, it's just not not possible for someone small to do it. Um, there are like loopholes to do it, but then I'm also producing an agriculture product, or a feed product, which is also heavily regulated. So there's just so much red tape. Like I can't go into wholesale right now because I don't know the actual legal ramifications of me entering a state, selling to a wholesale store, and then the state of say, like a lot of my, a lot of people contact me from California saying, Hey, we'd love to sell this in your, in our yeah. stores. And I have to, like, I can't, I need to figure out what the state will classify me as, as a product. So they're like, is this a chicken treat? Is this a chicken feed? Is this, what is this? What are you selling? And then how are we going to regulate it? I'm like, there's so much red tape behind it. And then also for the food waste collection side, technically you need to be registered as a hauler to actually pick up food waste so that that makes you turn into there's just so much and then let's see what else um oh so right now i pick up food waste from like a local supermarket like it's really not that big of an operation like it's kind of just like hey like i'll help you because they're paying money to throw away their food waste and these people i mean and it makes me sad because they throw away like such good food like the apples i like i got five boxes of these big apples like big boxes like this of these just packed with beautiful apples I'm cutting them open, you know, a feed of grubs. And like, wow, this stuff's fresh. Like you could just eat it right there, but they don't sell it because it's bruised. Like one, one apple, a couple apples might have a couple bruises. Don't sell it. Um, but hauling 
also there's so many red red tape and regulations. I've applied for a lot of grants and stuff, and at this point, I've just stopped applying because I'm a for-profit business, so they don't give. It's very hard to find a grant that's for-profit businesses. Yeah. And at this point, I'm just like, I it my time is better spent focusing on building my business than like focusing on getting these trying to apply for these grants that I'm not going to get. So. I don't That's know. The same thing a scientist think about. <laughs> it's better. Yeah, to exactly. And we always hear America land land of the entrepreneur, and then they fucking treat you like this. What is this? It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, now I'm. All right, now Michael. I'm, what other <laughs> thing? What were we talking about? Oh, the evil government that's preventing you. <laughs> from yeah. Making your business thrive. I. Well, okay. No, I. I'm so. Okay, not happy to hear that you're going through these issues because obviously nobody should have to go through this, but like it literally shows that like, because what you're doing right now is where the market should go. I think like this is where companies should be heading and like we need to be talking about now on how to allow these sustainable businesses to thrive. Go Joe Biden. No, I shouldn't say that. Is he president already? Have we decided that already? <laughs> I shouldn't wow. talk about that, but the fact that he told all of those oil companies that they're going out of business, that made me happy. But sorry, I got sidetracked. <laughs> As you do. Guy <laughs> <laughs> usually. So to end on a little bit of a more positive note, Michael, we impressed by your stats on social media especially on uh tiktok and instagram it seems like your uh your your reach on those platforms is really growing well is that something that was kind of surprising to you given the nature of your uh of your business that you thought people might find that oh that's so weird or that's so gross but it seems like people are really really digging into the fact of this is the sustainable future that we're looking for how's how's that made you feel with all that um, honestly, it's really cool. Cause I get a lot of DMS saying like, just really nice things like, Hey, like you're doing great stuff, like all sorts of stuff. It, I'm not really surprised about the growth on TikTok. Um, I'm a big fan of Gary V. If you guys aren't, don't know him, he's like really big, like the entrepreneur, the hustle side hustle guy. Um, and he was preaching about TikTok for months and months before it was really like a big thing for kind of like the college student or like even like the upper like high school like older kids older older generation essentially what and so I, I downloaded it <laughs> and I start posting on it and all my friends are making fun of me like why are you why do you have TikTok and all of a sudden I start to blow up I start to get more haters followers. they always got the haters <laughs> I, all of a sudden I get to I start getting more followers and more followers and I start I just start playing on the trends like there's 24 hour trends so I do a 24 hour video and then I figure out okay, people really like it when I do these 24-hour videos. How can I make them better? I'll do a time-lapse of them eating. And I kind of think, think to myself, okay, this could be like one of those satisfying videos. But also, I can make it better by doing like, I'll put, my, I'll put like a little voiceover behind it and do, hey, like this is what we're doing. This isn't like, you're just not watching Grubs devour food. This is what our company's doing. Follow us um, at the end. And I'm, I would say I'm pretty good at social media. That's how I've been able to get all my sales, all my growth in my company is through social media. Um, so when TikTok starts, I start blowing up on TikTok, I already have a significant amount of followers. Then COVID happens, everyone downloads TikTok. Like there's a stat that shows like people just TikTok's download rate just skyrockets. 
And then all of a sudden, my account just starts growing, growing, growing even faster. And now I was I already had a decent amount of followers before because it kind of it kind of verified me as like a cr- creator, even though I'm just some dude filming my bugs. So <laughs> like like and then I my followers just keep growing and growing. And then uh, now I'm at like I think almost three hundred thousand right now on TikTok, which is crazy. Damn. Like sometimes it'll grow. I it actually does amaze me. Like I was never expecting to hit like three hundred thousand followers on TikTok. I was thinking like. 50,000 would be cool, 30,000, or like 60,000. My Instagram only has 8,000, but the platforms are built different. So like, I'm a big believer in new social media platforms. They have a lot more organic reach than older social media platforms. It's a lot harder to grow on YouTube, Instagram, stuff like that, than it is on TikTok where you can post 100 videos and all of a sudden you have a million followers or something like, or you have 400,000 followers. It's a lot different. I'm sure TikTok will become that way where it's a lot harder to gain followers over time. But um, yeah, I mean, TikTok's been amazing for us because one, TikTok pays me to post videos like per view or per thousand views or something. You get like a couple cents, which is nice spare change. Like you'll get like $20 a day, which is like good beer money or like good extra like Chipotle money or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then also it's like... um, a lot of sales come from TikTok as well. So it's really helping me grow and scale up. Um, Cause that's the main thing. Like I'm not going to get government financing. I'm not going to get government grants. I'm not going to get grant funding most likely. So the only way I'm going to do this, I can become a more sustainable company for the better good of like humanity is by making more money. And by making more money, I, I, the only way I can do is by making more money and growing on my own or fundraising a ton of money and that's a whole entire other business thing I don't want to do, but <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> incredible. This is an incredible story. This is the American dream. This is it. Put to paper, put to put to the put to the pavement. That's really <laughs> incredible, Michael. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. It's foot to the pavement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or to the to the food waste here well yeah michael uh we don't want to take up any more of your time thank you so much for joining us today giving us the lowdown the behind the scenes of what's going on at grub terra and before we take off can you tell everybody where to follow you on social media where to find your beautiful grubs and chicken treats for sale online yeah definitely thank you guys so much for having me today it's been a really great uh time here and you guys can find me um on instagram it's just grub terra so g-r-u-b T-E-R-R-A. Um, same thing with TikTok, just GrubTerra. If you guys want to send me an email, um, GrubTerra gmail.com. Really, like, it's all GrubTerra, basically. Um, website, GrubTerra.com. Everything's just GrubTerra. You search it up, you'll <laughs> most likely find us. And uh, feel free to send me a message on any of the platforms. I'll probably respond. I mean, I'm, I will 100% respond because um, I read all my messages on all platforms. Um, but yeah, that's where you guys can find more about me. Thank you guys again. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike, for coming and being on our show. Show. I mean, I'm excited for you. I <laughs> might you. buy. Hell yeah, I'll live vicariously through you because uh, yeah. <laughs> our shit's not super exciting right now. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Again, this was Michael with Grub Terra talking about the future of sustainable agriculture and chicken feed through grubs eating food waste. Everybody, have a great one. We'll catch you next time. Bye.